George Lucas, if it was okay to be gay back then, him and uh, Joseph Campbell would have gotten together, and they would have had a lovely life together. Coming to you from Beer Snob City, it's Beer Plus 3, where we attempt to solve the world's problems one beer at a time. In studio today, we have a man who's recently changed his name to Milo, cuz fuck Otis. It's Rick Anderson. <laughs> I, and I stand by that too. Fuck Otis, fuck him in his stupid face. <laughs> now, was that one of those ones that was filmed overseas and uh, they mistreated all the animals? Yes, that oh. is the one. Oh. Also, we, we can talk about that in a bit. Also, from the depths of Cedra Woolley comes one of the magnificent seventh. A woman to bring us out of this dark age. It's Brianne Edwards, who will be joining us shortly. And finally, without further ado, that piece of man meat we all want to ride. Of course, not before checking his teeth, hindquarters, and having him shod. It's Brandon the intern. I've been told I've got pretty good ha- haunches. By the way, it's not Cedar Woolley. We're not in Cedar <laughs> Woolley, goddammit. You're doing that for Brie. <laughs> it's January 8th, 2016, and we are Beer Plus Three. If not Cedar Woolley, where? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asking for that was re, that was rhetorical. You don't have to answer that. Just, no, no, I, I do have an answer for it, as asinine as it might be. Yeah. Uh, me and my best friend grew up right next to each other, mm-hmm. which happens to be where I'm at right now. And yeah. uh, he used to say that um, uh, when someone asked him where he lived, he said, uh, "Yeah, I live out in the sticks." And um, uh, I would say, "I live out in the boonies," and they they were like. It became like this really corny teenage running joke of oh. like, you know, the sticks right next door to the boonies. <laughs> anyway, that's that's about as much as I can give you. Uh, yeah. It really is a no man's land as far as the infrastructure. I might have actually talked about it on the podcast, but yeah. it yeah, is yeah. in the Mount Baker High School school district. Isn't that weird? Which is like, yeah. what, Way 30 miles or 20 miles at least, 25 it's, miles It's not away. that far away because the, the, the Mount Baker well, School District goes about f- uh, five miles after that. It's right. 10, it's 10 it's, miles from here, the house to, to the high school. Mm-hmm. I know because I've taken Alex out there many times because they do the land parties out there. So she would go out and do that uh, uh, okay. a couple of years ago. And she had a boyfriend that actually lived out near you guys. Oh, and okay. that's eight miles that direction. So there's okay. 18 miles away. There's your school. Uh, <laughs> well, there's I other roads you can take, that. which probably makes it. Oh, about probably. 10 miles. Yeah. When, when when you when you do it by a length of road, it's actually closer to the Bellingham School District, but uh, it's more yeah. circuitous to send a bus out there. Yeah. It's more direct for the Mount Baker School District, apparently. Mm-hmm. But then it has a entirely different um, three digit prefix to the phone number if you were to have a landline. On the subject of land parties, hmm. and uh, it's got a Cedar Woolley zip code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this but, is confusing. Yeah, it is. It really is. It, yeah, it's just it's in the middle of nowhere, and, and yeah, it you, is what it is. We're talking about tiny little areas, and I'm already completely confused. Yeah, and, like and befuddled, like I'm and, in the middle of yeah, a, and they're and they're not the nearest locales to that particular 
infrastructure, like for instance, post offices. There yeah. is a post office in Alger, which happens to be three or four miles away, and Cedar Willie is uh, thirty miles away. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's yeah. like a hundred feet from the boundary between Skagit and Whatcom County. It doesn't matter, you guys. <laughs> any listener who was to get on Google Maps would not be able to figure out anything that I've said in the last four or five minutes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> uh, speaking of moving on, really quick, I got uh, uh, a revisit here. Um, I made mention of a movie called He Never Died last week. Yeah. And it is available on the web. Um, you can go to YouTube, Voodoo, whatever the fuck that is, Google yeah. Play and Amazon, and please go and watch it. It's a freaking amazing movie. It's worth the 3 or $4 you're going to spend on watching it. He never died. I don't remember. Yes, it's got 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, 3 out of 4 on Roger Ebert, which is no longer Roger Ebert. It's much other people, which is weird. Yeah. And then 72% on Metacritic. I mean, it's, it's actually a good movie. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Rotten Tomatoes, I saw a really interesting article. I wanted to throw some of the things in the article past you guys since you're both more into movies than I am. And um, the article is basically like uh, 15 movies that are rated very low by Rotten Tomatoes but are actually great films. Okay. So I want to throw some of these titles past you just to get your responses because to me, I'm not so sure about this. Uh, The first on the list is Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Is that a great film? No. When they say they're low rated on on Rotten Tomatoes, they're below 30%. Oh, okay. Which that deserves to be below thirty percent. Yeah. What about uh, what about Hook? Um, Hook's a really flawed film, but I think yeah. it's a nostalgia thing for some and people. Th- they yeah. spent all their money on the cast. Uh, mm-hmm. The writing yeah. really was not all that good, but mm-hmm. the cast was. Uh, they they came up big on a couple of occasions. On yeah. a couple of occasions. Yeah, um, the acting was really huh. well done. I thought I, yeah. I enjoyed both the main char- uh, actors, character yeah. actors, yeah, really. The- and but. It, overall, it was not that great of a film. I remember watching it and enjoying it at the time I was watching yeah. it, but it was one of those movies where literally a couple hours after you watched it, you were like, i actually not remembering anything. It's exactly. a, like a dream. Like, you remember while it's happening or <laughs> immediately after you woke up, and then, like, you know, midway through the day, you're like, what was that weird dream that I had? <laughs> that yeah, was and it's like, one of those Hook. movies you can watch, like, two years later and go, wow, this is like a whole new movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't remember a fucking thing. Now, some, anything else, uh, like a good movie, Die Hard, you watch it two years later, I'm like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. You know, yeah. it, it's just, it, it didn't, it doesn't, it's no, there's no substance to the movie. I yeah. Think. yeah. I don't think I've, I think I can think of one movie that Macaulay Culkin has been in that I really enjoyed. Yeah. And that was Party Monster. That was a good movie. <laughs> heard that. that was a really good movie. <laughs> Not even the original made, Home Alone. He made another movie uh, after that with his brother, and he played his brother's big brother. Yeah. And he was only in it for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see that video less. with him recently? That was yeah, just I'm the big one that on posted the, it on oh, the friend face. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, that whole thing with uh, for people who haven't seen it, it's, it's basically Macaulay Culkin. As a grown-up, but pretending he's still the character from Home Alone, and he's all you know, like mentally damaged. Well, it's actually a TV show called Drive. It's supposed to be making fun of kind of uh, Uber. Yeah. So these are these Uber drivers, and he just happens, and every (laughs) single one of them like highlights a different Uber driver. But he's like he's a drive driver or whatever it's called. And this one was happens to be whatever his character's name. Yeah. So he's like Kevin, whatever. Kevin McCallan, McKellen. Yeah. Kevin McCallan, I think. Yeah, but um, but. I was struck by the well, what was uh, funny about that video is that he he now looks like the guy that might be breaking into the house to terrorize Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see uh, um, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Dern. Dern. Uh, the, the the guy that plays one of the 
Thieves, the tall, skinny guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of looks <laughs> hypothyroid a little bit. Real buggy eyes. Yeah. <laughs> really buggy. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he actually did a reaction video to it. Oh, yeah. Which was funny. absolutely awesome. That would. What was it? Was I think it? he's in the house. And he's referring to Joe Pesci's character. And he keeps referring, come and get me. I think he's in the house. You know, it was just amazing. It was awesome. That's funny. That's awesome. And he just did it out. on his own, too. That actually sounds funnier than the video itself. Yeah, the, it, it wasn't as good as the video oh, itself. Because okay, okay. if you've ever watched all the Home Alones, which I've watched, at least watched the first two, yeah, at least twice, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it was it was good. Mm. That kid is fucked up. Mason used to love that movie, and uh, he. <laughs> this is kind of a side story here, but um, we were at Christmas time once when he was like five or six years old. He really, really loved that movie, and we went walking into a grocery store, and one of the bell ringers was out front. And Deanne like dropped something into the bucket, and Mason looked at the guy and he goes, "Merry Christmas, you filthy animal!" <laughs> Completely serious. That's awesome. That fills me with holiday joy all over again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Merry man. Christmas, you filthy animal! But uh, so Rotten Tomatoes also said that the Boondock Boondock Saints was a was a bad movie. I've heard a lot of good things no, about that. No, it's a movie. great movie. I yeah. love it, that movie. That got 20% uh, on, on wow. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Really? I, I thought that Boondock Saints was a phenomenal movie. And uh, what what's mind blowing is the writer and director. Yeah. Uh, it was, it turns out it was a complete fluke. He, he, he struggled to make the second one and finally was able to get it made. Yeah. But uh, it was really nothing like the first one. No, it had some of the flair, but it had none of the heart. Yeah, right. Yeah, it didn't have the soul of the first one. And part of the reason why it took well over a decade to make is because uh, the the director Troy Duffy blacklisted himself in all of Hollywood. Uh, his he he has a personality that is very difficult to work with. Okay. Um, all of the cast didn't ever want to work with him again. Uh, <laughs> the production company never wanted to work with him again. And he would, he pitched this, the sequel to uh, uh, the Weinsteins yeah. and uh, deeply offended them both in, <laughs> in the, in the meeting that he had with them. And they basically uh, decided that this man would never work in Hollywood again. Wow. Because wow. it was, it was so offensive. Uh, <laughs> I I watched a, a I actually watched a documentary that was made about the director uh, and writer oh. uh, Troy Duffy. Is wow. the fellow's mm-hmm. name. He's a uh, a New so Jersey bartender. Is he just? Um, I mean, do you know? It sounds like you know a little bit about the guy. Are you a fan? I do. I okay. do. Well, I I watched the documentary, so that pretty much. So is he? Is he just like? Does he just have a vision that he wants to get across on film, and so he's kind of a dick about it, or is he? Is there like something mentally off about the guy, and he's not uh, quite aware? I, I, I th- I think I think it would be safe to say that most people that worked with him thought that he was a megalomaniac. Okay. Uh, he was he was not just uh very particular and artistic but he was uh very f- offensive about it. It really didn't care who he offended. Oh. Uh he he was he was so caught up in the fact that literally he he wrote this screenplay for the Boondock Saints and sent it via mail uh to uh to a production company, I can't remember the producers of the Boondock Saints, mm-hmm. and they, who, someone read it and loved it so much, they basically got a hold of him. Like this was like kind of a first effort on his part. It wasn't like it was a campaign to get this movie made. They called him up and basically it was like, uh, "Your your plane tickets are waiting for you. Uh, hop on a plane and come to Hollywood." Wow. 
and just got it made right there. Money was money was waiting for him when he got there. Basically, wow. was my understanding. Wow. But it might might not have gone exactly like that. It's been a really long time since it's I've the watched only two a movies he's ever made. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. 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 Seriously. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Holy crap! He's man. attached to some TV series called Luminous, but yeah, I've I've never heard of it never either. Heard of that. Uh, but basically, he was a flash in the pan and came up really big. Uh, the The film didn't uh, hardly air at all in the United States yeah. because he managed to offend the wrong people before it even came out in theaters and so uh, i it, it, it basically didn't didn't get the endorsements that it needed yeah, I didn't in order see to it in the theater. did he are but you, it won he, awards at uh, at uh, Cannes at the film festival okay. and because of that uh, it became a cult classic and so did he to, you mean he did he offend people like behind the scenes type things yeah. or was it the movie uh, no no behind the scenes no, the he movie was wasn't very, necessarily very that offensive okay. I mean, no. it was yeah, if looking at something Quentin Tarantino would do is just as offensive to anyone as oh, okay. this guy did. Yeah. yeah, but he's just a prick. <laughs> and Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> fucking hugely likable guy. Uh, the man has the gift of schmooze. Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. I just listened to the yeah. Nerdist podcast with him on it. Fucking, we could hang out with him. I mean, yeah. he's that yeah. kind of guy. He's still that same that video store. I, I'm always torn that, about it's him. Amazing. That must to, have been so to listen good. To. Yeah. Because it was amazing to listen to. Because Hardwick is like that as well. He, the man, comes across as the sort of person, the nerdist. Yeah. Yes, but that, there, there's a there's a saccharinesque kind of okay. <laughs> vibe to to Chris Hardwick. I'm not saying right. it's a he's a bad guy. He's not. He's an amazing guy. Yeah. And, but there's always he's really trying. To be what he is at sometimes, you Uh know, because he's really, I mean, there's times, but like this podcast, absolutely. He starts out that way (laughs) trying to not offend anyone. But has Chris Hardwick ever done, I mean, is he just like the ultimate fan? But has he ever done anything like. Like, has he ever written a screenplay or done? No, no. He tried to be an actor back in the nineties. Okay, um, and he was uh, he was a uh, he was the host of uh, a show on uh, MTV. Okay. Um, uh, some kind of weird hookup show. I don't. I, I'm not asking that, that to denigrate the guy. I'm just saying because if if that's your career, if that's who you are, I mean, essentially, like ultimate... he's he's a failed actor but a self made man. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, the the whole Nerdist Network that's huge. But he you... can't go around being. You can't be successful in his line of work going around being an arrogant asshole. Exactly. Like, no, you Tarantino really could nice. get away and with I it. I think he is genuinely nice, but it, <laughs> yeah. sometimes it come across in the conversations, and probably this would happen with uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino eventually too. But yeah. whenever I've seen him in interviews, or and he gets to talk honestly, and he doesn't even know that they're recording until yeah. like twenty minutes in, yeah. and he's like excited and having cool conversations. I've heard. About I've heard. And I've it's heard, like, wow, he's just a fucking cool guy, isn't he? I've heard stories <laughs> about the guy, and I always think it's 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 like there's a. Um, a scale on one side, it's it's douchiness, and on the other side, it's like awesomeness, like what you're talking about. And the story always seems to fall like squarely on one or the other. The scale like tips. I think completely he's really hard to work other. for. I yeah. think he really does demand a lot. And yeah. I listened to uh, Tim Roth his mm-hmm. his uh, um, nerdist interview, and he said it was the first time I ever went on a movie set, and they didn't allow cell phones, any devices you could turn on and off. Oh, no kidding. Nothing. You were completely disconnected while wow. you were on the movie set. <laughs> Everyone was like that. Not either, whether it was the main actors or the yeah. key grip or the the the, the catering fo- folks. Yeah, nobody had fucking devices on that set. 
Wow. And he's very demanding. Well, he's, his, he's very... He, not only is he very demanding of his actors, but he's also um, apparently from Tim Roth, which I love Tim Roth. I think he's one of the best actors we have, um, uh, only because I love Rosencrantz and Gildersterner dead. But <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great fucking uh, play and movie. Um, but... Uh, uh, you know he's seasoned. I mean, he's done shit films. He's done good films. He's yeah, he's done yeah. the gambit. And he says, "No, I worked for him in a New York Minute." Of course, he's yeah. amazing. You know? It's interesting, though. I mean, I just thinking of uh, Quentin Tarantino. I, I, does he does he insist everybody not have cell phones because he's he's got like a like a yellow dot rotary phone hooked up somewhere on set, and that's the one that you go use if you need to make a phone call. It's it all has to be retro, so you have to go back and dial. You know, is that is that his idea or Edna? Get me two five nine. Edna, Edna, are you there? Get me two five nine. That was no. He takes the thing off and he's Edna, Edna, click 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 click. Edna, get me the operator. Edna is the operator for this area. Give me two five nine. I was cracking me up in old older movies. Not even older movies. Is even movies when I was growing up. They would always like like hit the button operator. Hit the button, operate. It's like if you did that at home, it just goes blank. There's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no operate. Yeah, you get the, 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 the no. If you if you do that enough times, I yeah. remember as a kid doing that, and you get the operator. Mm-hmm. You do, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember that one. I, I know. I actually tried. I would never because I saw it in a movie. It would just it would just the dial tone. Hello, would just, the dial Whoa, tone would just stop. <laughs> I, I just it's have this operator. image of l- little Jeff when he's like six years old, yeah. having a long conversation about what he did today at school and what he had for dinner last <laughs> night with the operator. <laughs> yeah, but then we went in the in 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 the living room and watched oh, Columbo, shit. and he was going nah, 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 nah. hello, hello. <laughs> And he got somebody, so I was like, I want to do that. If Columbo can do it, my six-year-old ass can do it, too. God bless Peter Falk. God oh, bless God. Peter Falk. That reminds me I don't of, believe uh, in God, but I do believe in Peter Falk. <laughs> Wholeheartedly. Do you guys remember the uh, the little, the, in the with the old days, the the like the dial-a-joke type stuff where you call up and yeah. you get charged oh, yeah. like 20, 30 cents or whatever? Yeah, I got I, real trouble for that. Oh, I did too, man. When I discovered that, I thought that was the funniest thing in the world, and my friends and I called it, and we were like calling it 10, 20 times a day listening to it. I was like, oh, that's so funny. Then the bill came. Yeah, it was like exactly. oh, three days, God. four days, five, two weeks later, the bill comes. I didn't know we were getting charged. Do you know who started that? By who the way, it? strangely enough, was uh, Steve Wozniak. When oh, really? Was, yeah, when he was younger, before he got successful with computers, he he came up with the idea. He goes, "Wow, I could have like jokes playing on a on a machine on a phone number, and I could charge people for it, and make money." And so he was one of the originators of that idea, and then it, you know I'm sure it took off, and other people copied him. But yeah, he right. was like amongst the very first people to set up something. Oh, that's like that. funny. I'm sure yeah, he made a awesome. ton of money off of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that that, that yeah. probably is what inspired uh, they might be giants into doing the whole dial a song thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please pass the milk, please. <laughs> please pass the milk, please. So uh, next on the list that I wanted to bring up yeah. was uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Got thirty one percent on. I've actually on never seen it. I started watching their uh, the Netflix series that they yeah. have going right now. Is that fucking good? hilarious? Is it good? No, it's it's a complete take send off of the eighties uh, camp movies. Yeah, where all the teenagers yeah. look thirty seven, yeah. and but these people literally are thirty seven <laughs> playing teenagers. <laughs> 
Well, Absolutely This is one of those movies that, for me, was highly, highly rated by a lot of my friends. He said, oh, God, it's so fucking funny. you got to watch mm-hmm. it. No, well, that's and I looked at the cast, and I was like, oh, my God, man. It's like got everybody, practically everybody from the state, from MTV. I don't know if you But they play everything so straight. Yeah. yeah. And there's so many comedians in there. I thought, oh, this has got to be so good. And I got about 20 minutes in that movie, and I was like, I fucking hate this. You know. And I, I just shut I it off. I have to say, I was, I, was, I was more along those lines. And Brie yeah. tells me the reason why is because <laughs> I hate comedy. In general, I I think I I, I there there's comedy. Yeah, my wife thinks really she likes enjoy. comedy too. <laughs> you, you don't like but, joy. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. I, I don't know. I'm I, I'm willing to accept that. I'm waiting for him to watch that movie first. Yeah. <laughs> we all call joy right now. Sorry. Oh, okay. Bad okay. Got it. <laughs> I need more beer. Otherwise, speaking these jokes which, will keep coming. Speaking of which, the Forrester Double IPA from Two Beers Brewing is oh. awesome. I love this. Hello, nurse. It's really, it's a good. double IPA, yeah. The Forester double IPA, yeah. and two beers is right out of uh, our very backyard here, um, Seattle, Washington. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good stuff. Home of the weed in the bag. Has a. <laughs> <laughs> weed in the bag. Okay. <laughs> I, I know Greg Proops tells a story about he, he the first time you know we legalized weed. Everything first time he comes, he stays in Seattle. He oh, I want to go to a place to buy weed, and it's yeah. gonna be adult. He calls his numbers. Oh, I'll deliver it to you in a paper bag. So it was like no different of an experience. <laughs> Actually buying drugs on the street. Yeah, the guy wouldn't even come up. He was like, "No, no, come down to the lobby. I'll, I'll meet you. I'll meet you right out on the street." It's no, like, it was across the street though. Across the street in like a cafe, all like sneaky oh style. It's like, but you're a delivery service. I will tell you where I am. Now I'll meet you across the street. Yeah, you put, put you your know, payment down on the table in an envelope. Then we talk for three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and then get up and take it and yeah. go. Yeah. You need to have well, this style of briefcase. <laughs> Put your money in that briefcase. Then when you come, put your briefcase next to mine, and then we'll... Or order a coffee with two sugars, <laughs> and I'll find you. Exactly, which I found hilarious. He's told, he told that joke, I think, when we went. Oh, yeah? He told that story when uh, you guys went. Possibly, yeah. yeah. It's been a while. I can't remember. It was a couple of years ago. but yeah. So I think the only thing that I could possibly come up with negative about this beer, when I bought bought it before, I noticed it, and I noticed it tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's bottle-conditioned. It's got chunks. Mm-hmm. I, 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 That's a good thing. I don't really see yeah. the bottle conditioning anymore. Like I, not, I, you it, do it a is, little bit here and there. I mean, right, depends. but not so much with an IPA. Like I see it with like Belgian beers or like with a lot of darker beers. I don't no, see the, it as much with an IPA. Double IPAs and like Imperial IPAs, you, you should be seeing that. Otherwise, it's probably not a very good beer. Mm, I'm not so sure that's yeah. true. IP, yeah. IPAs are yeah. no, no. Yeah. IPAs traditionally are not an aged <laughs> beer. You don't age IPAs. The whole reason why it was an IPA was it could make it, it about make nine it. months mm-hmm. around the horn, but you don't age it for years. Yeah. Hmm. It, it's not traditionally a bottle conditioned beer, to my knowledge. Yes, but I think I think now, especially with the double IPAs and the Imperials. Uh, which are generally high ABV, and any high ABV beer is you couldn't you can. <laughs> yes, Rick. Sorry, I have a question from the from the beer noob. What is bottle aged beer? <laughs> well, bottle conditioned. Bottle conditioned, whatever. <laughs> you you bottle a beer that still has uh, has fermentation to go. Like when you when you oh, get okay. ready to bottle a beer, you check its gravity yeah. and see what its gravity is at based on what you anticipate the residual sugars are the simple sugars that yeast can digest. And if it's getting close, you check it again in a week or two 
And if it hasn't changed, you know that the yeast is done digesting all the sugars that it can. Oh, okay. And then gotcha. you you filter it when you uh, well filter it to some degree or other before you bottle it, and yeah. that way you know that it's not going to continue to get more alcoholic and produce more CO two. CO two. With like uh, Belgian style beers, for instance, when they bottle them, they are completely flat. And it carbonates itself. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And you see, you see a lot of the majority the, of the beers that I bottle are brewed back in the day, like in two thousand four or something like that. Yeah, uh, I, they, I did all only bottle conditioning, so almost all of them were flat when they went into the bottle. But when you opened them, they were a little fizzy. Oh, okay. That's but cool. if you were impatient, and you bottled it too soon, and there was too much residual sugar. Yeah. Uh, about a month or so in, the bottle caps would start shooting off your bottle. I was bottles. just gonna say, that's <laughs> probably blowing. Up. Luckily, I was an alcoholic, and they never. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no, still am. <laughs> when did this become a beer cast? I mean, this is, I don't know. We, we've now gone almost two years, and all of a sudden, Some, we've explained how beer is made. Yeah, Finally. somehow, somehow, we got off the relevant topic of wet, hot American summer onto beer. I don't know how that happened. I'm sorry. Yeah, look at all that. I'm sorry, chunky. listeners. I'm not going to drink it. But I'm sorry, listeners. I drank it. it it's a chewy beer, but it's a good beer. That is the only complaint it's I could a, possibly have. Uh, how could that be a complaint? I think, I think with high ABV, <laughs> I bet I bet it, the ABV Guys, was probably higher. When I'm it went picturing into the bottom, like uh, little chunks it, of. It, I don't know. I, I I think you could age this and it would still be good, if not better. And just to prove a point, uh, Tricera hops, which is kind of an imperial. It's okay. it's one of their special IPAs. I uh, I brought a bunch of bottles over to my uh, uncle's house, left it in the fridge for about a year and a half, hmm. and it was better after that year and a half. I, I don't doubt it. Huh. Okay. All right. It was aged very well. That, I, I that IPA I aged extremely well. All right. I'm I'm willing to back off of I my I think their Tricera hops is a double IPA or a triple IPA. Oh, something like that. It's, I, I it's, would, it's a higher ABV IPA. Okay. I know that. I don't. Okay. So. Well, uh, per, perhaps I will stand corrected on this, uh, on this point. Uh, it's still not something that I see as much. Yeah. No, no. You wouldn't see it as much. Still a a darn fine beer in every other uh, thing. I, I would have no complaints. I, I would give I love, this a four at least. I love I love the aromatics. Yeah, like it's four. it's not too bitter. High alcohol. <laughs> it's got good color too. High alcohol. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Hello, alcohol. <laughs> Greetings. Greetings. Alcohol. I have missed you so much. How have you been since last night? <laughs> Isn't that a Simon and Garfunkel song? Hello, alcohol, my old friend. <laughs> Didn't we go this? Through this, this again. <laughs> it's so, a vicious cycle. The next one on the list is Space Jam. Uh, oh, that is man. a shit film, and it deserves to be at the bottom <laughs> oh, of the run. Man, I, I know the last two movies you've mentioned. Yeah. Uh, it's a darn shame that our former intern <laughs> is not here. Why is that? Uh, both of this movie? She, she could speak to both of these movies uh, yeah. uh, passionately and at great length. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. She... It, it, These are what you call nostalgia films. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, 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 totally. It's, it's the same reason why people still think. Uh, no, you know what? I'm not even going to say that. I was going to take a stab at Star Wars fans. <laughs> not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay with you taking it. a stab at the fans, just not the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I right. personally, I I hate most of the fans to begin with. So you know, it's, it's okay with me. I'll join you. I will take up arms with you and go after them. So the meme that was going around about uh, the the writers um, apparently um, uh, modeled the the new villain Kylo Ren after 
the Star Wars fans. Uh, that was <laughs> there's some truth to that. The, the, the emo I aspect. That. Of, okay. I had not seen that, but that's awesome. Yeah, that's um. I just uh, you know, I know the prequel movies are not widely loved, and I know they're not perfect movies. Um, I don't know what it was about me. I went to all of them and and enjoyed them. I mean, I you know, I didn't come away from them the same way that I did with the original films, but I didn't come away from them angry. And there were just people out there who were so just incensed about, oh my god, I can't believe he did, you know. And <laughs> it was like, and I would always just sort of slow down and think, well, I, yeah, he did. There were some bad decisions along the way, but I saw a lot of good stuff too. So I'm not, I'm not real bothered by it, and I don't understand it. And I, you know, it's gotten to the point where just like a couple of years ago, I was, or no, it was a year ago, mm-hmm. I was up by the by Western, and I parked. I was waiting for my daughter, and the car ahead of me had a bumper sticker that said, George Lucas ruined my childhood. Aww. And I'm just like, I want to slash your fucking tires right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, first of all, no, he didn't. But secondly, he doesn't owe you anything. It's like you have the memories of whatever movies you saw as a kid. He didn't ruin your fucking childhood. No. So get over it, dude. Stop bitching. You know, it's like, it's like I, I, I get, you know, I, I get it. People people are very fond of the movies, and they have their, their, they're passionate about what they you know what they like and don't like about them but it's just like this this kind of all or yeah. nothing D- kind of you know yeah doth your entitlement no no bounds yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's like i don't know for for me it's just i they are what they are i, I like mm-hmm. what i like about them and i don't focus on the shit i don't like you know much like to learn scenes. you have yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know that that actually reminds me of uh the uh, another uh writer uh george rr R. martin uh yeah there's something very interesting to me about really um highly acclaimed uh authors whose fans have uh bitched and complained about them and how ambivalent they they have become that's fascinating to me yeah. like the the stance that people like george lucas and george rr martin uh have taken that's basically uh i didn't write these books for you i'm not yeah, telling this story yeah. for you this is yeah. my story I, I i did it because i loved it i'm not your tool yeah i'll do whatever i want go ahead keep pushing me yeah. maybe i won't finish the series <laughs> i saw someone online <laughs> that seems re- childish to me yeah. Yeah. oh well, yeah it really is i childish. saw someone on facebook going but, off about how much how angry they were at george R. R. martin and he's just screwing <laughs> around and blah 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 and i thought you know if I was a guy who had written all my life and I had this explosive success, like in what is he in his sixties? Mm-hmm. Ha- I'd sit back would, and enjoy it too. I'm I sorry. would too. I'd go to comic cons. I'd I'd go out to public appearances. I'd show up on Jimmy Fallon. I'd do all those things. Why wouldn't you do all those things? Yeah, First yeah. of all, pick one. Pick one. Uh, we have five to choose from. Uh, let's go with the uh, the one in the middle. The Bayhawk Ales California Pale Ale. Yeah, that looks good. Brewed and bottled. At Bayhawk Ales, Inc., Irvine, California. So, Rick, I have a theory. Yes. Uh, the listeners obviously um, can't, can't capture the whole experience here. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, what made you decide that one? Decide which one? The, the beer that you chose. The Bayhawk Pale Ale. Oh, my God, man. I'm going to be put under the microscope for my choice. <laughs> um, yes. I, I, pre- I premised that intentionally to mess with to you. To be honest, I, I have a thing for, um, and this is my beer noobishness coming out full force. Um, I just dig cool-looking labels. Aha. Uh-huh. And I did not cool-looking like, if I, if, I, if I was looking for the coolest-looking label, it would probably be the one on the end. 
Um, There's for one, me, the, yeah. the flashiest one, the, the yeah. citrus IPA See, from I'm Ninkasi. More, I, I'm more reserved. I like this one and this one. Yeah. These are the two that it, I would in, I for would probably... Me, I, for me, having done three years worth of uh, advertising design work, you know, I'm, I'm probably focusing on other things, and for me, that was the one that stood out was the was the Bayhawk Pale Ale. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm being Jeff. greedy. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. No, that's we'll, fine. We'll share a little bit here. We'll <laughs> but I, bit from here. a design perspective, for me at least, that stood out. Of amongst the five bottles, so that's uh-huh. what I was like. Okay, I like that one. I'll do that one. That that supports that my theory. I, and in fact, maybe it's not even a theory. You might have actually admitted to me once upon a time that you you are kind of a label shopper when it comes to beer. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's let's see if their uh, advertising department uh, is um, is as uh, proficient as their. Um, no, this is the wrong way to go. <laughs> this was the wrong way to go. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's not that great. The Bay, what is it? Bayhawk California Pale Ale. Is that what yeah. that says? It's yeah. a California Pale Ale. Which normally, if we hadn't had the uh, the double IPA, which yeah. was extremely flavorful, which was yeah. a high ABV, which had thickness and and a lot of the things that we actually enjoy. Yeah, this probably wouldn't have been a bad beer. This right yeah, now, it's kind of a say, one. It's actually probably a two and a half or a three. I'd give it a two, just to be fair. Um, it's passable. I mean, this is something I would open up and drink and not be unhappy about. But yeah, after the last thing that we just had, I don't. I don't think anything compares to that last thing we just had, though. I don't think anything on the table is going to compare to it. Don't make me break into Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know that that was in your repertoire. I'm, <laughs> okay, but I'm. I'm. Nothing I, compares to you. I'm interpreting that sentence as, as like Sinead O'Connor is some sort of a compound. No, it's it's one of her songs. Dumbass. You're breaking it. Okay. It's nothing compares I, I, to you. I understand. Yeah, this. Okay. I understand the reference, but I also you took were alive sentence. in 1988 when I, that movie. When that I movie took the sentence as in "Don't make me break into Sinead O'Connor." <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of that. Maybe but, is she like a is she is I, I've is always found a, that woman sexy even when she was bald. Is so. there a clinic somewhere named after her and it's you're gonna break into it? <laughs> oh, nope, I'm gonna oh. go right into her. Uh, home alone. I'm gonna break her open. <laughs> Fifteen years Crawl later, into her eyes. Home alone three, breaking into she you know Connor. <laughs> wow, I really failed. That was that, that was that was that was epic fail. Wow. So, so Irvine, California. I uh, I mean, I guess I could see like driving an hour and a half a few miles over to Long Beach and drinking this beer. That's on not the beach. If I yeah. was, dehydrated. this is good beach beer. I'll give you that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's better beach beer out there, but this is pretty good beer. No, this is good beach beer. Yeah, sweet as is an amazing beach beer. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the last one I want to bring to your attention on this list um, okay. is "Dude, Where's My Car?" Eighteen percent approval on on Rotten Tomatoes. I wouldn't say that's a classic anything. I mean, it's a funny movie, and yeah. there's some great elements in it. But is it worth watching? Not now. Yeah, it was back when it came out. Yeah, absolutely. I still use some of the lines, hmm. but I'm really just one of the lines. Has Ashton never Co- saw it? And did has Ashton Kutcher <laughs> ever been in anything that's uh, good? No. Yeah. No. Which is really funny. You know, I never really thought much about him until about a year but he, ago. He, he played every Apple person's favorite person. So yeah, oh, there yeah. you go. But about a year ago, I started. I got it in my head that I wanted to watch all of uh, that '70s show, which was hilarious and maybe kind of a, not a bad show. No, it's a great show, and actually, he does a great job in there with the you know every sitcom has to have their doofus, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. He, he plays it really well. And um, <laughs> boy, that sounded like a backhanded compliment. Anyway, <laughs> um, but that left me wondering, though. That's uh, that's part of the reason I brought this one up. Is that I thought about he, he he's never been in anything like really good, even the. His attempt to be a serious actor in the, with the Steve Jobs movie was sort of 
I had a few good moments. Yeah, everyone standing on the shoulders of giants. Going back yeah. to movies, I, 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 we were talking earlier about Gunga Din. Yeah. And, and you can draw a direct correlation from Gunga Din to Indiana Jones. Direct. Oh, no kidding. Correlation. I have never seen Yes. I've it was one Gunga of Din. Spielberg's and Lucas's favorite movies when they were growing up. Oh, no kidding. That's and cool. Indiana Jones is in the fucking movie in 1939. The character of Indiana Jones is kind of in the movie, and and in oh. fact, in Temple of Doom, I think they even reference um, uh, Gunga Din as happening as real, <laughs> because the uh, thuggies are uh, the ones in in, in uh, Temple of Doom. The thuggies are the ones that were control the temple and yeah. and are mm-hmm. killing people and yada, yada yada and enslaving people. Right. And that and and uh, their reference because of Gunga Din is is kind of about. The British uh, imperialists fighting the thuggies. Yeah. Uh, it's they reference that, and, and it, it's just it, everyone's standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, absolutely. But that's and you know, just my point with that though is that it, it the the reality makes a really boring fucking story. But if you want to, you know, mm-hmm. go for the myth and just blow everything exactly. Up really but big, and that's the point cool. of movies is yeah. is telling that bloated story mm-hmm. is telling the 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 fun. Part of the story, well, and that's why, and and or it may be even the overly tragic part of the story, but hopefully that that encourages people to go find the real story, right, right, yeah, okay. yeah, instead of just going, well, I'd really love Steve Jobs because look at the movie says he's so awesome. <laughs> Um, no, well, no. Who was, who was the guy that hired? Was it Aaron Sorkin? Is that mm-hmm. the writer? Yeah. Oh, I think so. I, I knew when I heard that name attached to the Steve Jobs movie. What else has he done? I bring Mega douchey. Well, he just does all these. Mega douchey. <laughs> he did The Notebook. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did, um, what was that, uh, political TV show that I just couldn't stand? West Wing? Yeah, that was him. Yeah. I don't I, that's I never not watched my it, thing. So. That's not my thing at all. I tried watching a little bit of it and it just doesn't, that's not. People love that show. Oh, God. swear by that bloody show. People I know and whose opinions I trust love that show. And I I tried it, and I was like, no, this is not. I can already tell just from the tiny little bit I've watched, this is not my thing. Political minutia to me is just so mind-numbing. It's fucking boring. I mean, I might as well be watching Fly's fucking paint dry. Politics is just boring, period. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it's important, but it's boring. I don't know. Something else I wanted to bring up right now as we speak. Bring it up. In New York. Yeah. There is a musical, a rap musical about Hamilton. Yeah, the guy on the $10 bill. <laughs> Al- rap musical. <laughs> Al Hamilton. <laughs> what? Al Hamilton. Alexander, yeah, it's yeah. Alexander Hamilton. Oh, I thought we were talking about Alex. If you prefer Alex Hamilton, I'll, I'll go with Alex. You know, and I, I actually kind of like watching Fly's Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into fly porn. I'll, I'll say it right now. I mean, well, what's the what's from time to time I like a finger up my ass and <laughs> flies fucking. <laughs> nice, nice. Sometimes it happens at once. Yeah, it does. <laughs> what's uh, what's so what what's your? Uh, I'm trying to discern what you're what you're trying to say about this uh, rap. Uh, no, it's a, it's, play, a play. Okay, it's a musical. It's a musical. Yeah, but it's entirely done using rap. Okay. About Alexander Hamilton. Right. So, I'm sorry. Not all political stuff is boring, especially when you oh, but wrap see, it up I'm, I'm, yeah. in the just the right way. See I what think. I did there? See what I did? <laughs> <laughs> I think rap is boring, so that would be a very hard sell for me. But yeah, 
Um, I don't mind history. I'm just talking like current politics is a boring bullshit thing. Even though I follow it, and sometimes even even old politics, it's all the same. By the way, it's all the same. Historically, Hamilton was a little gangster. (laughs) He did die in a duel. I think. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's my point. Didn't he he die in a duel? Mm -hmm. I mean, he got shot and killed in a duel. And I mean, (laughs) as president, (laughs) and I believe as president. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, him and Aaron Burr. They, I mean, they, they they had like one of those like good old fashioned classic like gangster feud things. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. this is like Ice Cube caliber, like you know, or um, what Eminem, mm-hmm. Eminem and Whitey Ford like caliber, like. <laughs> <laughs> this is some real stuff, Rick. Yeah, oh, I bet. They yeah, were they were that's... gangster about it. I mean, they were spitting some <laughs> hot rhymes back in the day. Granted, it took a couple of weeks to be delivered by yeah. horseback, but it, it, took a... <laughs> it took some of the sting okay, out can, of it. Can, but can I uh, can I can I play a bit? I don't know how well. Oh, I would I work. would I would love to hear this. Mind you, this is about a white man a long time ago. I've been in Paris meeting lots of different ladies. I guess I basically missed the late 80s. I travel the wide, wide world and came back to this. It's, um... I don't know if that's rap. <laughs> yeah, that sounds more like... Um, well, the, the majority of the songs are rap. That just happened to be uh, a bit of... Uh, it sounded st- a little yeah. bit more like the uh, the opening credits to uh, the television show Frasier back in the 90s. <laughs> Toss salad and scrambled eggs. Hamilton, they're coming again. <laughs> Did you know Kevin Smith actually has a podcast about exactly that? About what? Frasier? Frasier. Or about Toss About Frasier. And it's... Oh, oh, fuck. What's it called? Let me look it up real quick. But uh, go ahead. Talk to yourself. Kevin Smith, the filmmaker... Yes, yes. ...has a podcast (laughs) about the TV show sitcom Frasier. No, he doesn't. (laughs) Am I... What? Did I miss something here? Because... Oh, yes, you did. Talk salad and scrambled eggs. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Frazier reconsidered with Matt Myra and Kevin Smith. <laughs> okay, my brain just bump. My brain just cramped. <laughs> in the immortal words of Marky Mark in the Transformers movie, I think I found a transformer. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! That is, uh, yeah, no, don't ever do that again, Jeff. <laughs> but no, really, I'm from Texas. <laughs> yeah. You know, Rick, that list that uh, you, uh, you you were reading out earlier, I'm kind yeah. of surprised it didn't have any of the Transformer movies. Oh, yeah. No, because those oh, all those probably have like got 70s, high probably ratings. 60s or 70s. Yeah. Those probably got high ratings. ratings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Because um, you have to remember the ratings are, uh, they have the two separate ratings, the, 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 the fandom or yeah. the, the people's ratings, and then yeah. the critics' ratings. And then when they put the two together, that's actually the Rotten Tomato ratings. That's heartbreaking. Right. So you can go, and some movies like Transformers will have like 22 for uh, critics, and then 72 for people. Yeah. 
And so now they have like a 50, 60. It's always fascinating me too when you run across those entries on Rotten Tomatoes that have such a um, such a divergence between the pro critics and the and the audience in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't see the, that very often, but you do find it from time to time where the audience. And no, I think I think you be... see it quite often actually. Really? I'd, oh, I'd... absolutely. Except for movies like uh, say Pan's Labyrinth, which is one of the highest rated uh, Rotten Tomato movies. Yeah. Because people who watch Transformers are never going to fucking watch that movie. I'm sure. They don't even, it's not even on their radar. They don't know it exists. They don't even know who Guillermo del Toro is. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> and suddenly del Toro got a little gangster. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, <laughs> the term is called Cholo. <laughs> For you, maybe. <laughs> so, white girl. <laughs> no, uh, uh, I'm half Mexican. Whatever. Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. They speak so, slowly enough, I can actually understand them word for word. So, so a film that wanted to uh, nail it on Rotten Tomatoes would be one that has a very clear identity with a very narrow uh, audience demographic. Mm-hmm. And those are generally like really high rated yeah. on the one side. Right. And low yeah. rated on the other side. So, I mean, and, and I mean, you will find, honest to goodness, good films that have kind of higher on both sides, but yeah. that is the rarest. The, those, so, are, those are the ones that bridge the demographic and yeah. draw in a much broader audience mm-hmm. and still impress them. So, out of curiosity, I looked up what are the top movies on, rated on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. This is surprising, actually. I wouldn't expect it. Oh, the Wizard of Oz is number one. Everybody Which, loves the Wizard. Of Oz. Eh, it's not. Eh, good. Never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. Yeah, I'm a take I it or leave it. The and, Wizard of Oz person and, too. And, and I have classic. to. If you hate it, you're terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah but the thing is, I don't think any of us hate it. But yeah, I, no, I'm, I'm saying uh, if you rate it poorly on Rotten Tomatoes, you're a bad person. I'll, I'll oh, tell you oh, that okay. on a scale of one to ten, I would rate it a seven yeah. on acid. But a ten <laughs> on mushrooms, a straight up ten, and this is of course with the dark side of the moon. Is it up. in? Yeah, of course, you have to do that. But is yeah. it, is it in color the whole time when you're when you're having that experience, or is it just? I never did that. D- doesn't even matter. <laughs> I did a lot of acid, and I never Where, ever did that. You know what I did it? do was watch the wall. Was it the wall? Some movie. But it was either the wall synced up with the doors. <laughs> <laughs> or the doors synced up with the wall, and I can't remember which, and it really doesn't matter in the end. It was a wonderful experience, nonetheless. Yeah. Uh-huh. Most of them usually are. Where did, it's funny to me that the, that whole Wizard of Oz syncing with the Dark Side of the Moon thing, that started off in amongst, like, I mean, like the hardcore Floyd fans online. We were, like, talking about that back in the mid-90s, and yeah. I thought, this is, like, the weirdest thing. Oh, I remember that from the 80s. And I got... Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, but it's weird I that I actually hear people, like, casually casually referencing it now. It's it's mm-hmm. sort of a weird... I mean, I've heard... Not just you. I know you're you're a fan, but I've heard it, like, all over the place. And, you know, like, on, on TV shows, people sure. will reference it as a joke. Well, it, but by casually, you mean sober. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there, there were... Um, there were production uh, groups that would actually tour with permission from Pink Floyd to do like a whole evening laser show event where they would. Oh yeah, they, I, I remember back in the day well, when you it would was have to the, get permission from uh, MGM. I oh, think yeah. came out uh-huh. with that movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. but uh, down at the Pacific Science Center, they yeah. used to have like laser shows, mm-hmm. and the, I I actually remember one time going down with some friends. Uh, I think. 
God, someone was old enough to have a license. Um, I think it was my buddy Chris. He he had a he had a driver's license, and we went down there and we watched the the whole synced up down there at the yeah. Pacific Science Center. Yeah, it's cool. and then when uh, the at some point they like started playing lasers and all kinds of other stuff, and that mm, I think the tornado was about the time that the mushrooms kicked in, and it was just a phenomenal experience. But that like that would have been in the mid nineties, yeah, and that was the first time I became aware of it, yeah. I, I did that once bat way back, you know, just when I first heard of it. I, I you know, synced up and watched watched these two together, and I was, I was like, that's cute. You know, the, the lyrics seem to sometimes reference what's going on on the screen, and the, and the mood of the music seems to match some of it. And interesting, okay, whatever. The one, though, that really caught me was uh, that the, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this one, which is syncing up uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey with, uh, not the entire movie, part of it, with the uh, the uh, echoes from from metal, oh really? And it's the part where David Bowman, it's basically the end of the movie where he starts on the journey heading you know toward you know he leaves the ship, and you see him going through the big psychedelic tunnel thing. Yeah, and he yeah. Ends uh-huh. up there. You start the song, and I swear to God, it is the craziest thing. Like like with the Wizard of Oz and Dark Side of the Moon. We oh, mean metal the 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 album or the just the song. The second side is Echoes, like a twenty two minute oh, song. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, mm-hmm. so with Dark Side of the Moon and Wizard of Oz, I thought that's funny. The funny coincidence. Uh-huh. This is unbelievable. Did the, did okay. the it's, it's music really, come out after the movie? Really close. Um, the movie is what like nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, and also there was some uh, connections between Kubrick and the band about him wanting them to do stuff for one of his movies. I can't remember the exact. Oh, two thousand one would have yeah. been a great movie for yeah. them to sound. I'm actually convinced that they did that, but never, never. It, it's never crazy. It. Yeah, you know the, the that's part, something to research. Right the part Part where he's where he's going down the you know like you see all the colorful like uh, effect like he's going through space is the the part during the song where you hear the kind of funky uh, jam section and it really does it it matches up so well and when when he gets he ends up in the whatever the 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 location that he ends up in like the weird little room that he ends up living his whole life out in the song actually matches up with every change in there so perfectly and at the very end you know he raises his hand toward the monolith and at the end of echoes there's like a slide guitar going mm-hmm. oh, uh-huh. and it's perfectly timed with his hand going up oh, and reaching really? up to the monolith and then the song just kind of fades out uh-huh. as they as they show you the the face of the baby at the end uh-huh. and then it goes to the credits on complete silence and it, it's it's just the craziest thing when you're watching it. You feel like you are watching a soundtrack that was made exactly for that film. It's it it's it's the weirdest thing. And I I know a lot of people look at this stuff and say, oh, it's just fun. It's just goofy. But this <laughs> it, doesn't. It didn't it, strike me as goofy. It struck me. It's as, got uncanny synchronicity. Yeah, yeah. A little too close. Little I, too I you close. know what? I don't wonder. And and that kind of echoes the truth in my mind. I don't. I'm not honestly not sure. <laughs> yeah. But. I've heard the fact that Kubrick and uh, Pink Floyd did have connections. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that I know for a fact he wanted them to do one of his films, but I don't know if it ever came to fruition. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they certainly had uh, similar sensibilities, and they were around at the mm-hmm. same time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they both had kind of this postmodernist cynicism, intensely creative mentality that I could definitely see jiving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of jiving, I think everyone... It's a little guilty. 
Guilty. Huh? Of? Right now, we are drinking a Belgian coffee porter called Guilt. <laughs> Ale with Doma Coffee, whatever the fuck that means. Selkirk Abbey Brewing Company. Somehow they moved Selkirk from uh, Scotland, I think. Scotland, I think, is where Selkirk yeah, is, uh-huh. uh, to Post Falls, Idaho. So we, this should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Idaho is well known for their craft beer uh, culture. Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm-mm. They're known for their potato coffee. You know, I'm. I'm. <laughs> that would be called vodka. I, I was actually. <laughs> I was really looking forward to someone correcting me and saying, "Oh, you know, actually." Moscow has, you know, 10 craft breweries within a five-mile radius. The reason I know you're not from Idaho, because you called it <laughs> Moscow. And not Everyone Moscow? in Idaho calls it Moscow or Moscow. Moscow? Moscow. Oh, God. And, and it, Moscow. And it's Boise, not Boise. Yeah, I've it's Boise. Cor- I've been corrected by Boise, so Idaho. many God. people. So I call it Boise. They're like the most Midwestern <laughs> state we have on this side of the world. <laughs> It's amazingly Midwestern. <laughs> so funny. They just they have their own accent, which is very strange. Yeah, oh. as I suddenly get an accent and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it didn't even sound remotely Scottish. <laughs> no, this is a Belgian coffee porter, and I'm sorry to say it, it falls squarely into a line the coffee. with yeah, with the, <laughs> falls every into the every coffee. coffee beer I've ever had has always been pretty mediocre. I didn't, I'm not crazy about this at all. Um, I'd give it about a two. It's drinkable, absolutely. Yeah. I would give it probably two and a half. Um, it's the coffee does not bode well it, for the Belgian style. Yeah, on I the subject know. of jiving, it, they really don't jive. The Java don't jive. Java don't jive <laughs> in this mamma jamma. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I I got it. I was just thinking, oh, you know, wow, they, this brewery has a whole line of different beers. Yeah. This one looks kind of interesting because all the others were Abbey style Belgians of one variety or another. Mm-hmm. You know, single or double. And they, or they vary or in in good. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, this is the first one that I think I've had uh, from Selkirk. And I took it up to the counter and I bought a couple of beers. And this was down at Elizabeth Station. And mm-hmm. I highly recommend any viewers that find themselves in or around Bellingham Absolutely. make the trip. They, oh, yeah. they, uh, they definitely. You'll be slightly overwhelmed and won't leave without spending at least $50. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on, on two or three beers that you have never heard of in your entire life, and they will all be awesome. Uh, but the guy behind the counter, who obviously has probably uh, handled a lot of uh, esoteric beer in his life, said, uh, Man, this is the best coffee beer I've ever had. I was just going to say, though, when you spend that $50, the staff at the Elizabeth Station seem to be particularly adept at making you feel feel good about the fact that you're spending that $50. Yes, yes. They, no matter what you buy, they're like, oh, that's that's good beer. That's that's, that's pretty good stuff. Yeah, this it's is like, the best um, This is the best we'll see. Belgian coffee porter I've ever had. That was so good. <laughs> it was perfect. I mostly, mostly only coffee beer. This mm-hmm. is not the best coffee beer that I have had. Yeah. What is the best coffee beer you ever, do you remember? Yeah. The Mocha by Southern Tier. Hands yeah. down my favorite. Okay. What did we give that? I don't remember. I don't we know. Have we ever so had that? It's, it's limited, yeah, we have. have we, it's we had it. Oh, okay. They haven't found it yet this year. Yeah. They I have sh- the chocolate. They have the chocolate. Well, maybe that's the one we had. Yeah. So the the mocha is espresso with the chocolate with with the chocolate beer. Mm-hmm. They kind of just take that beer and brew it with coffee mm. and espresso, and it's 
it's very much more of a dessert beer. It's got the right amount of sweetness to full flavor. Um, not too hoppy. No weird aftertaste I'm getting from this Belgian yeah. right here. And I think no. that's just because I don't like Belgians and I can figure, I can taste it. What's, do you have but, something against Belgians? Well, their waffles are pretty good. Their waffles are fucking amazing. <laughs> I've been to Belgian. I had the Belgian waffles. I've you know, got candy, nothing right? against these. Everyone knows it's candy. I've got they no- sell the shit on the street. I've got nothing <laughs> against miserable Belgian <laughs> bastards. <laughs> that and their French fries. They came out with French fries, too. Yeah, we should have, change it to Belgian fries. When you I know, have a coffee beer, I would want it to be a little... I want it to be sweet. Not in, like, sugary sweet, but yeah. this is just... It feels like... It tastes like they just smoked whatever was in here. Like, just, like, over a fire smoked it and... Mm. It leaves yeah, that, that's the thing. It, it tastes more smoky than coffee, mm-hmm. and you that's that that's one of the, my major complaints about beers that put coffee in there. You don't taste coffee; you taste beer. The last time I tasted coffee in a beer, and I really hated that beer, was uh, I think Red Hook had a coffee beer oh, at some yeah. point. I don't uh-huh. remember what it was called. Yeah. They probably still make it. I just haven't drank. <laughs> That stuff it, in a while. It was super oh. dry and not very good. Yeah, it was super yeah. dry and not very good. But you really tasted the coffee, right? Yeah. It was like in your um, face. You know what I'm getting from this is like a peatiness. The like mm-hmm. when you mentioned the 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 smokiness, I I took another taste and I was like, I wonder if this they were aged in something. Oh, okay. Now that could be a possibility. Sure. No, go ahead. Keep going. I, I, um, where was I going with that? Uh, I completely lost my train of thought. Maybe if I just Peedy. babble. Peediness. 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 Peedy. Oh, I was, I, I was, I was thinking, uh, you know, smoky, peaty, scotch. My, I, you know, my bra- brain thought process is all by association, and so I'm like maybe uh, back constructing from the name of the, <laughs> you're just, the you're Selkirk. Just like, uh, you're just a walking free association, aren't you? You just, we, <laughs> just well, we all are. We're we all wish we were. Uh, William S. Burroughs. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Uh, Doma, I don't know if they make that good a coffee. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. How do they make coffee beer? I mean, is do they literally just put coffee into the process I would assume you'd have to point, uh, 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 either brew it with coffee or let it ferment with coffee. I don't, I'm not sure where the, you would put the coffee in. I'm yeah. on second, it. Second yeah. fermentation. Same time you think that, so? Yeah. Same time that you would uh, dry hop an IPA. Mm-hmm. It's after two-thirds or three-quarters of the... Yeah. Um, the fermentation are you putting? Already been I taken. mean, you're just putting in actual coffee, brewed coffee, or are you doing something with coffee beans? It depends. Uh, okay. it, it depends on what you're going for. Okay. Um, it, you See, usually would think, you would, would brew oh, the 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 coffee because that pasteurizes it, that mm-hmm. sterilizes it. Yeah. Uh, anything that you introduce in the second fermentation, uh, the only thing that's going to sterilize it is the alcohol that's already mm. in the wort that you're you're currently brewing. So it has to. It can't okay. be that yeah. virulent because any foreign wild yeasts or wild bacteria that get in there is going to change the flavor of the beer because mm-hmm. it's a perfect environment for any sort of micro uh, organism to thrive, not just yeast. Okay. So sure. at that point, you want it to be sterilized. So if if you're dry hopping something, it's good that you make sure that the hop flowers are clean. If you put, you know... Raspberry preserves in a imperial stout in the second fermentation. You want to make sure you pasteurize those. You don't want to just like pick some blueberries and mash them up and throw them in. If you want to make a blueberry wheat ale, for instance, you're going to introduce all sorts of other wild microbiotics that are going to tweak the flavor of your beer. Oh, ab- huh. absolutely, and I think that's why we get so many different flavors of a lot of these coffee beers or 
fruit beers and things like this. I mean, we have a fruit beer right here from Ninkasi called Hop Cooler with citrus IPA. Um, but um, one example I'd like to go to is Crooks, who does the open fermentation and invites those foreign bodies in. So, according to allaboutthebeer.com, and I'm kind of just looking through Homebrews Association, a common practice uh, to make coffee beer is to cold brew the beer in toddy. So, toddy is my favorite kind of coffee. It's it's Uh it's brewed cold, so you don't have that crazy acidic. Acidicness, acidity, acidity. I can't. Acidity, I think is. Uh, we we need Caleb here. He needs to fix my grammar and <laughs> word use. Yeah, Caleb um, often fix it. Fix, um, fix us, Caleb. Fix us. <laughs> so when you, if you're when listening, you, Caleb, we need some fixing. <laughs> as someone who also is aficionado on brewing coffee, um, so cold brew, you don't get the acidity that you would in a hot brew coffee. It's generally a lot stronger. It preserves a lot of the caffeine, okay. and a lot of beer brewers will blend part like they won't describe disclose how many parts they do because that's the secret um certain part uh, coffee to their beer nobody wants to give away the <laughs> recipe at some point but um so yeah and i've okay and so the homebrew association also vouches for uh cold brew coffee and then uh adding them to the beer after 48 hours of just brewing so you let it sit in your fridge with the coffee beans for 48 hours there's also a mention mm. of roasting the coffee beans with the grains and getting that kind of flavor as well so that way it's a easier it's easier to mix the coffee in the beer right um but yeah it looks like they just kind of blend it together it's just a matter of what yeah. the kind of beans you use because coffee beans taste very differently i have strawberry flavored beans uh, at my office, uh-huh. so the coffee beans themselves are roasted with strawberries and almonds and cherries. And when you drink it, uh, when you drink okay. it black, that you can actually sense. taste those notes. Mm-hmm. So, huh. um, a lot of it's about picking the right beans that with the right roast, and then adding it to the right mm-hmm. uh, beer. And then, what coffee are you doing? One part to fifteen? Yeah. Are you? It's doing... a lot like smoking meat with certain mm-hmm. kinds of wood. It's going to have a different uh-huh. flavor right. depending it, on the wood it, you right. use. Yeah, it's going to be a lot more subtle if you don't uh, warm brew it. If you cold brew it, it's not going to be as astringent. I could see mm-hmm. if you hot brew the coffee, that bitterness could overpower or eclipse the bitterness mm-hmm. that you get when you like when you hop the the beer. When you, well, when I think you, I think that's one reason why people use coffee in a lot of porters and stouts instead of like a Belgian. You're not competing yeah. for the same is, portion of the uh, palate. Uh, uh, people drink a Belgian. Because it's a Belgian beer, because of the flavors that you get from the Belgian, the, the weird aftertaste. The, the, <laughs> shut the fuck up! I love Belgian beer. I roll really hard I, to the right. I, yeah, I saw to your the eyes. Left. They went wow. Um, but I love Belgian beers, and and this just over it just tastes like uh, a watered down cold coffee at some mm-hmm. point, huh. and not yeah. even that good a coffee. So it's. Don't do that. That's why you do it with a darker beer because you get the sharper flavors of the beer as well as the coffee. And Mm -hmm. when balanced, I could see where it would work out. I just haven't had that many that worked out. Southern Tier, though, they're based in uh, Buffalo, New York. I know they're in New York. I can't remember if it's Buffalo or it's um, Albany. Um, But that they, hands in, I have tried to find a better coffee flavored beer, mocha flavored beer. Can't. Can't do it. It's well. Gone. We gotta we gotta find it definitely and yeah. bring it on. Bring it on. The Whenever it comes to Elizabeth Station, I usually buy about six to eight of them and then just hoard them for the year. Yeah, but I haven't had any luck yet. Uh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll go down to Elizabeth Station and rather than bring a 
coffee beer up to the counter to buy, yeah. I'll go to the counter first and say, can you recommend the best coffee beer you've ever had? Yeah. Oh, I've done that before, too. And if they and recommend dude. this, they're lying. <laughs> they're saying, yeah, no, no, <laughs> that, no. That, that guy... Bald face lied to your ass. Then I take back he'll, everything that I just said on the podcast about Elizabeth Station. Never go there. There's, there's, I'll keep which, you guys up to Whichever one you like best, sir, that's the best one. Well, no, it's, it's true, though. If you ask them before you go, before you pick stuff out for, yeah. you know, I'm looking for this kind of flavor, what do you think? They'll yeah. point in the right, they'll point to you in the direction of their favorites. I've actually done that before for another coffee beer, and I can't for the life of me remember because I've only had it once or twice. Um, But it's another beer from the East Coast uh, coffee beer, and it came in a close second. I remember uh, Evil Evil Twin uh, had one that I didn't mind. It wasn't Evil Twin. No? Um, It was... uh, I mean, I can't remember. It's a big bottle, though, with a fancy cork in in it, so... I'll think hmm. about it for a while. Oh, that one. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, one. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it had a label on it too. I should, it's a brown uh, I bottle. Should, I should back up and say I'm only kidding about the Elizabeth Station people. They're not suck ups, but um, <laughs> okay, it's okay. A very, we, it's a very. Uh, but, I'm making them sound like a bunch of uh, no. I just, a-holes. I just, I just want to say this right here. Yeah. Um, we have to suck along this fucking podcast until we at least open this evil twin. This is <laughs> this is a jalapeno beer from Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> oh yeah. This should if this. This isn't a fucking, uh, uh, what's that fucking commercial about the salsa? <laughs> if this is, oh, if that oh. rings true, it's going to be fucking get, awesome. Get a rope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Made in New York City. Pace? Uh, Pace Picante? San which is Antonio. a shit salsa to begin with, but yeah. Yeah. this should be interesting. <laughs> when I open a jar of salsa, I want it to be authentic. <laughs> I want it to be tomato paste <laughs> and capsaicin oil <laughs> with some tomato paste and vinegar and and red dye number two and some chunks of oh come vegetable. on man they don't use red dye number two in Mexico they use red dye number four anybody. <laughs> Anybody who knows anything about Mexican food knows that. No, they fucking use tomatoes. <laughs> tomatoes. <laughs> Are you from New York City? <laughs> anyway, we should move on from this subject. I think so, yes. Uh, so, no, this, this new beer? Holy shit, guys, Batman. This is a good fucking Ninkasi special release. This is Ninkasi... Special release hop cooler citrus IPA. Mm-hmm. It is good. They, I like it. Why didn't they release this in summer? I would not yeah. stop buying this. <laughs> yeah, no, this this really oh nails God. it. It's like yes, it's like what spring rain should have been, but spring rain had way too many hops in the boil and got way too bitter, and had none of the aromatics that this does. This has really good aromatics. This to me, if a poet could write about spring rain, this is what that would taste like. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> this beer reminds me of the first time I saw a tree that I, I really, really saw the tree. Really appreciated it for what it was. I found that knot. <laughs> that knot was not a knot. It was not. But my knot in my tree. <laughs> I tied the knot <laughs> within that tree. That good. tree was me. So what other topics do we have on the list here? <laughs> so I just I've been, I've been loving we this beer. Really All right, to um, save ourselves. Actually, from one, ourselves. Of the, one of the things I had on I recently watched Spectre. What's Spectre? The new James Bond, Bond movie. 
And he wasn't right. Um, That's right. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I've always liked James Bond, but I don't think he's what. What happened over here? She went, "Geez, oh, Dad." My daughter. You know. She's dead. <laughs> my favorite. Guy. Um, I don't think your daughter's probably ever said that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Spectre and Bond, is this still a thing? Do we really need James Bond after having so many films about James Bondy people? Yeah. Is James Bond really a necessity anymore? And what did you think of the film? I, you mentioned last week, I think. A couple weeks ago. I, um, maybe was it last week? It was last week. I know it's just been a long fucking. Wow! Week, I showed up to two podcasts in a row. I'm so good. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> well, you're 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 <laughs> oh part God. of the plus three now. You better fucking start. Getting I'm working about on it. Thing. I got buried underneath putting out fires until an no, hour and a half happens. afterwards, and I'm overtime eligible. So I now have I accrued twelve hours of overtime this week that I need to. So basically, I get a day off here soon. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You should, you should take tomorrow. Hopefully, in, hopefully next Sunday you have off because that's the oh, wait, game. That's anyway, yeah. God damn it! <laughs> but James anyway. Bond. Anyways, back to James Bond. You are a huge fan of James Bond. I am I a huge fan of James Bond. Yeah. Um, and you you spoke Our, disdain about the film. I mean, what what did you find wrong? With I didn't you? speak disdain about it. That I think that was Mike because Mike doesn't like good things in the world. <laughs> no, Mike only likes Asian things and Quentin Tarantino things. <laughs> <laughs> You I mean, guys are probably. We've, we've pretty much I think you're confusing that. that with me, which oh, was, maybe I don't because he hates good things too. I don't Everyone hate, hates good I things. I don't in have this group disdain for James Bond. I'm just not into it. And it just doesn't interest me. Yeah. yeah, we'll find that missing piece of your soul, Rick. It's okay. <laughs> we, we will. We'll look for it later. Um, <laughs> I was just sniffing for it. I didn't find it. So the the thing that I was making that was a it with Daniel Craig. They basically went back to the very first. Yeah. James Bond stories. Absolutely. And with this film that they just, with Spectre, they basically wrapped up the quote-unquote prequels in a nice little box. Yeah. And I can almost bet with 90% accuracy that we're going to see a reboot of the Doctor No movie coming up hmm. next. Because yeah, absolutely. That, and that, that seems to be a, a, a consensus at this point yeah. among the, the, yeah. the fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Christopher Walls, I thought, did a really good job. I love that character. Christopher Walls, no matter what he could, so, he so, could just stand there and so, go hello, and so, I would be like, yes, you're so, awesome. so, so here's some, some here's some interesting relationships. Uh, obviously, Christopher Walls happens to be one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite actors. Obviously, he's one of my fucking favorite. Yeah, he's he's, he's really so good. awesome. He's incredibly charming. I, Is anyone here seen The Hateful Eight yet? No, no, I haven't. <laughs> Dude, Star Wars. I've let only, me I, just let me just blur. I've been working yeah, on seeing it repeatedly, so we saw it a third time this week. You um, should be going to see Hateful Eight, or as I mentioned earlier, He Never Died. But you can see that at home. I saw the so. Sherlock special this week. Wasn't it so. good? So good. So oh, my good. Sorry. Oh, my God. We're having a mo- We're having oh a, Kim- a Cumberbatch Sherlock. moment. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I watched it, too. <laughs> but getting back to James Bond. Yeah. Yes. Do you know one of who one of the primary inspirations for the original James Bond character was? No. Sean Connery? Then Christopher motherfucking Lee. Christopher Lee oh, yeah. was... I read that. He was yeah, part of the yeah. SAS? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what, what did they call it during World War II? It wasn't SAS yeah. during uh-huh. World War II, was yeah. it? Yeah. And he's yeah actually, he, was, he was secret service. He that was, guy had yeah. a whole life Be- before Best friends with, uh, with Ian Fleming. Oh, good, was he? Good friends. Yes. He must have told some stories uh-huh. to Ian. Yep. Yep. 
That guy's had just, he's one of those people that's had that life where you think, how does that shit keep happening to you? Because he, yeah. a long time because ago. Because when the, he died, it wasn't a tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I'm good with this. Yeah, Come when, when he bitch. died, we talked about some of the things on the podcast that were uh, that happened to him in his life. <laughs> yeah, We're being shown a, a, a video here. I found a <laughs> video of ferrets playing in a pool of Easter eggs. <laughs> oh, and that's the cutest Bri- fucking Bri- thing. Kelly's heels, ferrets. Oh, but, um, ferrets. He, I don't know if you knew this story or not. We talked about this on the podcast a while back, I think after Christopher Lee died, but uh, the fact that he happened to run into Tolkien in a bar once yeah, and sat down with him and chatted with him mm-hmm. and told him he was an actor, and mm-hmm. Tolkien said, yeah, you'd be the perfect Gandalf. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, it didn't quite work out that way, but... No. The, I mean, Actually, he, I think he... he did play Gandalf in the radio play. Oh, yeah, 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 right, right. He did right. play in the in the BBC radio play in 1978 yeah. or something like that. It but was, that guy's it was got... was late 70s, early 80s, something like that. He and had like five or six lives all wrapped up into one. No, there's know? some people out there that just get a, a, that chance. Yeah, it's, it's weird. And yeah, you know what? Yeah, Christopher yeah. Walken, I think, is smart enough and, and brilliant enough just to swallow that up and, and just... <laughs> you know, you or Christopher it. Lee, either one. <laughs> Christopher <laughs> Walken, did I say? Seriously, Christopher Walken? You know, I'm a douche I would love to see Christopher Walken play Sarah. Let me just finish my beer. I I, I thought Saruman needed more cowbell. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. I'm stupid. (laughs) That was awesome. We love you. you. (laughs) Somebody's got to. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's that's interesting that um, he's, you know, that uh, James Bond is based on. On Christopher, Christopher Lee. Lee. That's not That's surprising. So funny. I mean, it's surprising, but at the same time, it's like one more yeah. fucking thing that Christopher yeah, Lee did. That, that was and cool. then go that back and watch the Hammer films. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that, that was an inspiration. Uh, another one was at the time uh, Ian Fleming was on uh, vacation yeah. in uh, the tropics. I can't remember which island. I want to say it was in the Caribbean. It was the Antilles or Barbados. I can't even remember now. Probably, but he was probably an English. Uh, uh, colony, colony, and, uh, the Cayman Islands. Uh, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I can't remember right now. But uh, what inspired the name James Bond was uh, a ornithology book. He happened to be a a big uh, a big birder, and uh, there was an ornithology book about the native birds of the region that was written by James Bond, <laughs> who is an uh, an orth- ornithological author. And he That's funny. Yeah, that's the name. That's, that's great. where you got the name. That's awesome. Uh, obviously I'm a fan too. Uh, I I think that um I mean in this day and age, I mean the classic James Bond is the womanizer, the women, the yeah, there's just a lot of yeah, the, clichés yeah, and the, things that go along with James Bond that don't really resonate with today's audiences. Yeah, it's 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 um but what's I think the that, word I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. Uh anachronistic. Yeah, the 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 role model is very much anachronistic, and there are some actors that have uh, tried to modernize that personality. I think um, uh, Pierce Brosnan was one who who tried to um, deviate from the from that that uh, that canon. Uh, you know, he absolutely refused to smoke on film. Which it was right around the time that the the cigarettes cigarette companies were being really demonized, 
And so, you know, that was that was kind of huge because... Well, it was also around the time when you really saw a downplay of, of smoking on film. Right. I mean, in the 90s, especially the early 90s, it just plummeted, or the mid to late 90s, it just plummeted. You did not see people smoking on film yeah. quite as often. Now you hardly see it at all. I mean, it's, it's a shock when you see people smoking, right. even in period pieces, which is ridiculous yeah. to me. You could have a movie about the 50s and, like, there's one cigarette in the whole fucking movie. I'm like, <laughs> no, that's not how that worked. Yeah, well, that was the thing. I mean, I'm thinking about, like, X-Files, for instance. It was, it was shocking to see The Smoking Man. Mm-hmm. In in the X Files, because whereas every other well, it film happened depiction. on TV much long before it happened in the movies. Yeah, okay. the, the anti smoking thing happened on TV. Uh-huh. Even in the the uh, late eighties, you never mid to late eighties, you, you rarely saw people smoking on TV. So here's an interesting little... Hill Street Blues and uh-huh. and all those cop programs like Late Night. That's where you see people smoking. All the other times you wouldn't. Yeah. Sometimes on Johnny Carson, you'd have like, you know, Jackie Gleason. Yeah, uh, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> you know, you would have the, the old-timey motherfuckers uh-huh. that come on and have a cigarette or a cigar while they're, they're there. But So here's an inter- interesting piece of trivia. Bree, uh, she, she told me a really interesting thing about the actor that played the smoking man on uh, The X-Files. Yeah, what about? Oh, is that from... Okay, um... <laughs> I guess that's me. And I, prompt. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I was, I was like, "What are you? Guys, what, what part are you talking Line. about?" Line. Well, uh, Line. The, well, the, the actor, Line. The the fact that the actor who played the smoking man, not a smoker. See, In now fact, you would do it for me. Oh, yes, I remember that. Well, from, do you want, do you want, uh, do you want to tell the rest? <laughs> well, I I don't. It's I don't. Okay, I guess it's kind of interesting. I don't know. Um. So yeah, the actor who played the smoking man in the X Files actually was a lifelong smoker. Had quit before f- starting the X-Files. Um, and when they asked him to smoke, he was really... He almost actually didn't accept the role because he had to smoke. So he ended up switching to this herb cigarette, like... Clove cigarettes. I don't think it was Oh, because that's better for no, you. No, it wasn't cloves. It was something else. It, they didn't actually <laughs> oh, okay. say cloves. I love cloves Because cloves still have tobacco Loved in them, them. for yeah. to extent or another. But um, he ended up going on to be an anti-smoking advocate. He drives a hybrid, and he's in the... Uh, I can't what does hybrids have to do with smoking? Um, just... He, I don't know. He's an environmentalist He's from guy. I don't of know. Course my he brain is a hybrid. my brain's <laughs> melted, guys. Well, the, Stop the, making me think the, back so the far. The part that was striking to me was uh, the the money that he made off that show. He ended up mm-hmm. using it to start anti smoking oh, foundations. Yeah, that and, thing and mm-hmm. put all of his money towards the great uh, political backlash to hold cigarette companies accountable for. Uh, oh, well. Yeah. Wow. Right so Good for I, him. I have to talk about that this conversation you happened mean, three weeks ago, so that's why I'm like, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> so obviously it had an impact on me anyway. <laughs> no, <laughs> he, 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 good information. He wasn't going out and uh, surreptitiously uh, uh, one killing, <laughs> killing people who were anti-smoking, you know, with like uh, prominent <laughs> political figures. He wasn't, he wasn't you know, well, sniper his, taking people out. His no. mom died no, of wait. cancer from smoking, so I mean that was the impact oh. I wanted to stop. Like some someone very close to him had lung cancer and passed away and that was when he quit forever and uh, now does all these cool environmentalist things and anti-smoking campaigns and yeah. he's still working as an advocate right now. Little, little known fact, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and John F. Kennedy were both smokers. And yeah. so, you know, of little course, as part of the you know his campaign, he, he did away with both of them. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, oh, he was the, the one responsible. Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> you messed up. That was a really good episode, though. You, you finally no, that, wanted that was to love that the one. Smoke. Yeah, yeah, you wanted to love the smoking man and hug him and tell him it's going to be okay. Yeah. Gonna be okay. You're gonna get your it's novel published. <laughs> it's okay. It's, Sorry, Jeff. It's, spoilers. The only Xbox <laughs> fact I have is that if you've ever seen uh, um, Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. the reason uh, mm-hmm. what's his name, the guy that stars in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Brian Cranston. Cranston. Yeah. Brian Cranston. The only reason he's in Breaking Bad is because he was in he an was episode in. of X Files. Yeah. And super impressed. The guy that wrote the X Files, X Files, and Breaking Bad. That was the guy. The guy who wrote that episode is the guy who went on to produce mm-hmm. Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and, and he was, was so like, impressed. He was like, you know what? I have you know we we have this idea. We're, I got the perfect guy for it, and boom, that's yeah. that's how we got Brian Cranston. That was in a that great role. episode too of X Files. And know? if um, you listen to the Cracked podcast, you'll get to hear him describe the whole situation between Brian Cranston and himself, and yeah. and that, how that relates. It's, yeah. it's a really cool interview. That was um so, that was a, a fantastic episode actually. Um, did you guys know in a car or something? Did you guys know like, I vaguely remember it because I, I haven't really seen the X Files since nineteen. He has to keep traveling <laughs> west. He has to keep traveling west, or he goes into the state where he's like just uh, he's having enormous amounts of pain. Mm. And and if if you wait long enough, if you stop traveling west long enough, you're you actually explode. So the episode starts off with somebody getting out of a car. And they're like, you know, freaking out, grabbing their head, and then they, then it, you just basically see them explode. And, uh, so I know it sounds stupid, but when you're watching it, you no, take it seriously, and it, it feels sounds, really. This awesome. is a guy that didn't like Big Trouble in Little China. Really, uh, it's Brian Cranston. I think he can make it. He can sell it a little better than. Uh, Actually, it's X Files. Russell, but you yeah. know, just saying. But uh, yeah, uh, did you guys know that uh, the guy who uh, the person who owns uh, Rocket Donuts here in Bellingham has a connection. He was one of the uh, producers of X-Files. That's not surprising, what? but really yeah. fascinating no. fact. That's yeah. cool. Really? I, I guess he... I guess, for him. I'm going to go talk to her. Yeah, he quit uh, Hollywood and decided he just wanted to move somewhere to the north and... Make donuts. And make coffee. donuts, yeah. I guess, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Smoke cigarettes. I, thought, I figured you guys would know that fact. No, I I enjoy X Files. I have not dug into it like I would with Doctor Who or Sherlock or Bond or every other sci-fi fantasy thing that I'm very invested in. But um, I'm we've I've kind of hit. I I have developed this love hate relationship with X Files. I love X Files, but we're in the middle of season four, trying to power through because the new season gets released here in a couple weeks. Yeah, and it's like it's the same plot. Over and over and over. Well, Monster wasn't of the it kind day. of yeah, Monster of the Week. Uh-huh. It was Monster of the Week every time. And, well, no, and no, you no, know no. what? Well, and I, was... I posted something today that you might like. I posted something that uh, 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 what's his name? I can't remember the actor's name, um, but he plays uh, the King of Hell in Supernatural. <gasps> I love that guy. Um, oh, oh my god! And, I had uh, his name in my head a second ago. Now I blanked. Uh, but he 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 came out to his car. Mark and Shepard. On, Mark Shepard. Yeah, and written on it was was wash me, love oh, Jared. Oh, and he goes, look what mo- I got moose uh, moose uh, tracks on my car, <laughs> and of course she would understand that. 
<laughs> but so that's how great. that series started out too. And I think X Files went the same direction yeah. with the monster of the week, monster of the week, and then they uh-huh. went into a huge plot line that they were they were able to keep going and or right. Well, they right. they would bounce back and forth. Sometimes it would mm-hmm. be what yeah. they call a mythology episode, and then sometimes and it'd yeah, be a monster, monster of the week. Yeah. Yeah. But it yeah. wasn't the sort of thing that you had to tune in week after week, or you'd be oh. completely no, lost. So oh, oh the, Mark Shepard, yeah. Badger from Firefly. Love yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, that he's in yeah, every like cult fantasy sci-fi show ever. He was. I'm really surprised he wasn't in. He was in X Files. He was. He was in X Files. He was. He was a character that set people on fire with his mind. He was a pyrokineticist. Yeah. Also known as Drew Barrymore. <laughs> never mind. I'm, never mind. <laughs> I'm mixing fictions here. Yeah, stop. Uh, yeah, I will stop. Yeah, well, X Files had like eight I'm or sorry, nine seasons, and I think like five or six of them are good. The, yeah. So, as you guys were saying, the nice thing about Supernatural, and it get that you know, there's an overarching plot for every season, and they touch base on it every you know three to four to five episodes, depending on which story depending plot. Depending on which. Season because yeah. some seasons one season it's like is just constant. plot heavy, but and sometimes I really miss the monster of the yeah. week because that was fun. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. it means, yeah. but ninety percent of the time it's you know monster of the week, monster of the week, monster of the week, plot, monster of the week, monster of the week, plot, maybe <laughs> another plot, and then some more monsters of the week. Yeah, with, with X Files, it's just the same thing, and then you have a plot point in the be- first episode and three, four plot points in the last part of the season. And you're just like. I totally forgotten that all this shit's happening. Like we're watching X Files. I'm like, yeah. now who are these people again? And Brand's like, oh, that's that one guy from last, the end of last season, who did this kind. Of, I'm like, <laughs> it, we've had like 20 episodes since then. What? I, uh, I quit. Yeah. I quit. Yeah. I'm just gonna accept it. Suit equals government guy equals bad. Okay, done. <laughs> Got this. Except for Skinner because I like Skinner. <laughs> that works, nice. right? That's that's, nice. that's a great philosophy for X Files, right? I think. Yeah. I- Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, I think we're approaching our final thoughts here. I believe we are. We are. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> Go ahead with your final thoughts. My final thoughts? Um, my final thoughts are I actually completely, in all of the Star Wars, this is so weird, 2015, I've got a lot of old things coming back. Like uh, we got a new Pink Floyd album, which is actually just all old outtakes. Um, got new Star Wars, got uh, all these old things Poltergeist. coming back. Yeah. yeah, Arrested Development came back, um, which is coming back uh, next this year. Yep. Yeah, it's weird. All these and I've completely forgot. I mean, X Files. I really kind of tuned that out. I forgot mm-hmm. that's coming out. Like literally, mm-hmm. what is that? Two weeks? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think January twenty fourth. Uh, okay. <laughs> so my final thoughts are my inner Fuller X, House X Files fanboy. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Here's my final thought. <laughs> well, uh, uh, apparently the media has finally found a way to market to the X generation. Yeah. It, it's, it's failed for what years. What do you mean, they, finally? Uh, they've been doing it for three years. <laughs> At least, if I not know, five. I, I think they failed miserably one time around, and they got it wrong. Uh, this they time around, fail. they mm-hmm. decided, you know what? They're just old enough. We might be able to get them with nostalgia. <laughs> so those are my. They've final been thoughts. doing that already, <laughs> and Disney owns everything and everyone. My final thought is the guy that said that if he won Powerball, he'd spend it all on cocaine and hookers. <laughs> Go you, sir. Go you. You know we all have to have. That's. Uh, I think his name is David Duchovny. Oh. <laughs> No, don't go there. Okay, I won't. It's a Huffington Post article underneath their weird news, if you're curious. Okay. It's just a clip of a guy asking for good And uh, my final thought is, uh, you know what? Today is a uh, day we should maybe be celebrating. 
Yeah. Um, it's Friday! Woo! It that. is also Elvis's <laughs> birthday. Oh, okay. Oh, That's fine. And it's if, Friday, if um, I think, I think if it's better than Elvis our producer right? could be so kind yes. and uh, really take this podcast out on a, at least a snippet, and <laughs> no one's going to sue us over Dread Zeppelin. <laughs> I think if he plays some Dread Zeppelin at the end of this, just in dedication to the man I'll talk who brought to us I'll talk to him a pelvis it. move. You don't have to talk to I'll him. talk to you the producer. Just fucking play the No, our, our producer's this guy who lives in the dark room in the back of my house, and I go in. And that's your son. Stop <laughs> talking that way about him. <laughs> anyway, happy birthday, Elvis, and good night, Dave. Good night, Dave. Good night, Elvis. Huh? Sorry that asshole producer of ours let you down yet again, Jeff, but here, let me fix this situation. That's better. Beer Plus 3 featured Jeff Swatman, Rick Anderson, Brianna Edwards, and Brandon Longwell. Please subscribe so you won't miss out on future alcohol-fueled antics. You can find Beer Plus 3 on iTunes, SoundCloud.com, Stitcher, and anywhere else finer podcasts are sold. Also connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us at beerplus3 at gmail.com. Good night, Dave. George Lucas, if it was okay to be gay back then, him and uh, Joseph Campbell would have gotten together, and they would have had a lovely life together. <laughs> I like Joseph Campbell too. I mean, some of his some of his stuffs but were George, a lot of fun. And George Lucas wrote those after wrote yeah. those first three movies after reading, you know, Hero of a Thousand yeah. Faces, and he's like, "Oh man, I'm making me a Jesus character, <laughs> <laughs> or Horace character, or, or you know, yeah. uh, all the other characters Gilgamesh that Jesus character, is based on." Know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah. and I yes, that's a classic story arc, but. Um, with if you compare the original to the new the the Force Awakens, which and we've all said it, they're almost exactly the same fucking movie. Um, yes, the characters in the original are very two dimensional. There's there's the story the 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 character arcs have a beat, um, regardless of whether it happens in days or months or years. And in this one, the beats are a little slower, yet those characters are still developing in a very similar way. The the girl is already kind of grown up being forced to grow up and has those issues of being on a planet or off the planet. And she wants to go back, but she doesn't. And then she chooses to right. move on with her life. Right. That was her development. Well, that's that was within of- the, within that movie. That was the entirety of her development was moving on. Right. Well, and with, the, there, with, there's with some Finn, idiosyncrasies to that though. When, when Finn comes back for her and Han Solo drops the, drops the secret that it was Finn's idea to come back. That's when she hugs him, and that's like a huge moment of like, 
wow, I have a connection with another human being. Up until that point, mm-hmm. she's very much a loner. And so I thought right there, that was also... That's what I, one thing I liked about the movie a lot was the fact that it was just human connection and not some, some romance. Yeah, it had but, heart. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, episode one, two, and three, not so much. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> there, was, there was plenty of good opportunity. It just mm-hmm. was maybe poorly Finn written, looks poorly at Ray written. and says, you're so beautiful. And she says, it's only because I'm so in love. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I, I like the but pre- no they're I'm sorry they're, they're same genre same I mean everything is very similar mm-hmm. I, th- I think I think they're... the two films oh, sorry I think the two films are slightly different in the way they're filmed the way they're written and and a few other small items but in the generality if, if somebody was coming into this going I don't know about sci-fi you know would they would probably compare these movies as the same Really? You see, uh, my thinking, I don't even think of Star Wars as sci-fi. And it's an argument that people have made over and over yeah. again. We don't uh, care. Those are schmucks. Uh, but uh, the, I, I don't... Maybe I'm a schmuck. I, I'm, I'm not entirely certain that it's, uh, it, it's, it's a true sci-fi. I, I think of it more... There's more romantic fantasy there than yeah. there is sci-fi. It's, it's basically I, a space opera, so it falls more under the umbrella of fantasy than... It's, it is fantasy. Sci-fi, but it's right. almost like... It's it, Guardians if of the you Galaxy have the, is so incredibly true comic book sci-fi. I mean, yeah. it's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, so is this! So, <laughs> so is The Force Awakens! It's completely comic book sci-fi! Okay, well, I guess I guess we're having That's, two separate arguments here because I'm thinking more about like the first three movies, like four, five, and six. You're very much just addressing the the latest one, The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and I'm not entirely convinced. I'm gonna have to think about it. But I think you make a good point. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I know. And that, that's fine. I have no problem with that. No, devil's advocate would be saying that Attack of the Clones was probably the best one and had the best character arcs. I'm not going to play devil's advocate. I'm just pointing that out. <laughs> Homie, don't play that. To have a 90s reference. I'll, Are we going to open I'll, another beer? Really yeah, need another and I'm recording beer. now. So whenever you guys want to start, we're we're good to go. Okay. Um, I, well, now I got to yeah. look up quotes. You want me to? Uh, I, I think I'm gonna check on. You can freestyle rap. Go ahead. Really? Yeah. No. no I, <laughs> I, I really, genuinely can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Oh no. <laughs> on a side note, I am waiting to hear I, back from uh, um, Greg Proops. So, really, oh, what? You, I emailed him. Oh, you did? Oh. Well, yeah. he's going to be in the area like at the end of this month. And well, I'm like, are you going to stop by Bellingham? Maybe do one of your vodcasts? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, so. Well, you can be certain that you could probably uh, eat breakfast in the same restaurant as him because the last time he referenced that he was going to be up in uh, the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. he said that he was going to be doing, you know, the Whose Line Is It Anyway shtick, mm-hmm. which he does down at the Swinomish. Swinomish, and then he's going to Vancouver as well. So. But he referred to a, an old favorite of mine, which is the Adrift Cafe in uh, mm-hmm. Anacortes. He always stays at the Majestic, which is right across the street from the Adrift and Brown Lantern on Main Street. <laughs> and I've, I've actually seen him in the bar, and I nodded to him, and I said... Uh, Hey, how's it going? And he just kind of looked at me and like gave me a nod and a smile. And that's it. But uh, I I know that he stays at that hotel, and I know that he eats breakfast at probably one of the greatest cafes in all of the Northwest. I love the Adrift. Yeah. Mm. So 
I just want. If you see, wanted to be a stalker, I, now's your opportunity. See, but I'm sure he'd think you were a jerk off for it. That's what I'm. I'm thinking he's been through Bellingham enough at this point, and Jeff's set up at the front enough to where he would recognize Jeff at least. No, in some. I see so many fucking people. Oh, but he he it would register at least. He would look at you and say. Where have I seen him before? Are you of the man type? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I want you, you know, you just need to get into the same room. You know, what I didn't think about it. I should have put that in the email, Jeff of the man type. He might go, oh, click, but. Yeah. Jeff! No, 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 no. All right. I'm going analog today with the paper, Ooh. as you can hear. Look at you. Here we go. This just in. <laughs> Tuesday we had um I didn't have anything prepared. So uh, I do have this prepared. Okay. 